Transformers The Last Night, starring... Dude, starring Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, who? I mean, Boston's own man. I thought I expected good things from this dude, and then he did Transformers Four. And okay, I'm like, okay, well, maybe at the very least he can read a script. Um, you know, I'm not gonna hate on him too much. I understand that the foibles, the the, the faults uh, in this movie are not his, and not his to bear alone. And I actually had a uh, near positive experience. Let me break it down for you. Hold on, real quick. The plot is. Humans are at war with the trans. No, I'm gonna do this in straight voice, man. I can't. I was trying. I was trying to like mimic Peter Cullen, dude. I can't. I don't. I don't have it in me. I'm you sorry. You were there. You were there. I was trying, man. You're very kind. Thank you. Um, no, humans are at war with the Transformers, and Optimus Prime is again. Gone. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's like a running gag, dude. They're always there at war. Someone's always gonna pee on someone else, and then the you know Optimus always dies or almost dies and magically comes back. That's what he does. I mean, come on, dude. They they come back, and if you're lucky, we'll get Galvatron. Uh, calling uh, Starscream a bitch. But uh, humans are at war with the Transformers and Optimus Prime is gone. The key to saving the future lies buried in the secrets of the past. And I mean, le- legitimately the past in this one. I'll, I'll, I'll explain that in a minute. And the hidden history of Transformers on Earth. Now, it's up to the uniquely... Uh, yeah, uniquely... Really? Okay. The unique alliance of the typo here in the description... Wow. The unique alliance of inventor Cade Yeager, Bumblebee, an English lord, proper, and an Oxford professor to save the world. This is a kind of a shoddy description. This is actually the one from Wikipedia, so don't blame me, y'all. But just to give it a general breakdown, the world's in trouble. Optimus is, you know, AWOL, and we're kind of left without a prayer. When a hackneyed story of, well, it's tied to your past on Earth that no one really knew about, despite how much study you've done in history, the fight that, despite that this actual Oxford professor in the movie, I mean, she's not in real life, she's an actress, but playing an Oxford professor who studied history her whole life and never came across anything that would even hint at the existence of Transformers or their effect on our history as humans uh, just happens to be completely clueless when, oh, it was all obvious when you know the science to look for. Bull stuff. <laughs> um, just, just retconning the first Transformers. Yeah, that's, oh, the, that's the thing yeah, I really right. noticed too. They've completely rewritten their own history. And I'm like, what if I was a hardcore fan of this franchise, you know? Dude, the first, <laughs> man, it hurt because I've tried to give it a chance. I've tried to give it every benefit of the doubt because I, as a kid, love Transformers. Even as even when I as a teenager and my cousin got the entire series on VHS and I went back and watched them like, yo, I remember watching this as a kid. I used to love the show. Let me sit here and watch them all and could not get through two episodes without falling asleep repeatedly. And it was just the most boring show about robots and they're on Earth to collect Energon. And every now and then the Decepticons get in their face and there's some far too adult action for ki- for a kid show coming out of nowhere. Did they bring Starscream back? Oh, gee. You know what? They didn't bring Starscream the most back. most interesting was... character. <laughs> no, he was interesting Interesting because of that voice. And when they had this dude in the early Transformers movies, the Michael Bay ones, uh, he didn't have the voice, hence he didn't have the same appeal. He was just kind of like this. He was another, he was a, just another Transformer. Wait a minute, this isn't a Michael Bay film? This is a Michael Bay film. Okay. I'm talking right. about the original animated movie. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in that one, he had the voice. And the, and the first Michael Bay one, Starscream was there. The voice was not there for Starscream. Yeah. And that's the thing that made him, yo. And this one, they it, it's in the trailer. It's not, a, it's not a spoiler, but they found the head of Starscream. You know? Yeah. And they think... The best part of him. <laughs> <laughs> 
in the movie they th- you think they're going to bring him back nah the, everything we saw in the trailers was just a red herring um dude they, they threw us for a loop this was a completely different story and here's what gets me this actually could have been the best Transformers movie if it didn't have Michael Bay behind it that's what sucks it seems outlandish and ridiculous from that synopsis from the trailers from everything we were pitched at what this movie was supposed to be and then you watch it and I'm like yo this is actually this could have been no this should have been the most badass movie ever because consider it conceptually okay you've got giant robots robot dinosaurs sword fighting you've got knights that range back to like the days of king arthur and stuff and you've got like proper king arthur merlin legends and like sword battles and huge field battles on screen coupled with modern technology and you've got like you know soldiers in like this badass war action tail they're parachuting from planes people on gliders they're firing lasers and giant cannons all this stuff they're traveling the world meeting like you know spies from here and like you know uh, 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 lords with like power and links to like Illuminati secret cults you know and ancient uh, organizations dedicated to, to like you know the preservation of mankind it should be like Kingsman crossed with um, uh, 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 what was that movie um, uh, uh, Pacific Rim uh, crossed with uh, Jurassic Park Cross. I mean there's so many things that should have been badass what? and then you put Michael Bay at the helm and everything sucks Oh my god, you had me sold. You had me sold. I'm, I'm like, sorry, man, I, I might want to go see this movie, dude. Well, I I don't know about that. It sounded like a Spider-Man 3 syndrome. <laughs> they stuck, stuck in too much too many like cool things or too many bad like villains or something no, like that. No, no, it can work. Think about um think about Scott Pilgrim. I love that movie. Yes. Yeah, you know, okay. so so much cool stuff yeah. in the one and you do it right, it comes out awesome. You know, Transformers by Edgar Wright would be goofy <laughs> and comedic, but awesome. You know? So, so is it like a, a Bill and Ted style thing where they're going through history? Uh, no, no, days? no, no, no. This is more along the lines of, I uh, think, Men in Black. When we discovered aliens have been here the whole time, we just didn't know what to look for, you know? Oh, all right. That's yeah. a good uh, angle. It's, it's a good angle. Conceptually, this actually should have been awesome. It seems like a lot to throw in, but you get the right person running the show, and it could have been dope. Like, I'm watching this whole thing thinking, uh, like, throughout the whole, throughout every minute of this movie, I'm like, yo, I would really be enjoying this if it wasn't Michael Bay. Michael Bay's getting bored making Transformers movies, dude. He's the one stigma of it because this was a good idea. You know, like everything in this should have played out really well, and he's the one thing that kind of killed it. So and how I, how did he kill it? Well, yeah. that's, that's what I'm getting to. I'm, uh, I'm glad you asked. I realized I was saying a lot about like that he killed it without explaining why he killed it. You get a lot of tropes that Michael Bay forces into his movies, like really ham fists that don't belong there. This is a movie about an uh, Oxford professor and an American uh, uh, inventor, you know, scientist coming together because he's like the one. And one thing they really did well in this is they 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 show they explained how the concept of the one, the chosen one, isn't necessarily like oh he's born and it was heralded in the book somewhere in the past that someday someone will be born. No, it's just like somebody who meets those qualities that is required to wield this power. You know, like think of it like the hammer of Thor. In the comics we know uh-huh. we, we know only someone only someone worthy can wield the hammer of yeah. Thor. Or Nazi Captain America. Well yeah, you know, like like that. Without bringing that specific part of the story or the up. Hulk. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll get there. But it's not necessarily the one man that wields it. It's somebody with those same honorable qualities that can wield it. And Thor is just the one that happens to wield it now, you know? Yep. In this uh, in this story, um, Cade Yeager, played by our very own uh, Marky Mark, uh, Marky played by Mark. Mark Wahlberg, he's not like, he wasn't, you know, uh, foreseen to be born and such. He's just someone on Earth who's good enough and properly qualified to wield that power. Okay, so that's like the King Arthur element that you're talking about. Yes, and then when you have those presented by Michael Bay, the Oxford professor is this cheesecake uh, random um, well, just a you know, model turned actress who actually did a decent job for the role she was given. But cheesecake. every scene they have her uh, cheesecake. You know what cheesecake is? Yeah. No. Uh, you know what beefcake is? <laughs> yeah. I know. I know what a beefcake is. Beefcake. Uh, cheesecake is the is the female variation of beefcake. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. So for for some reason, in every scene she's in like a skin tight dress. Every scene she's in her um. When she's in her teaching gear, she's dressed in kind of a, uh, well, it's still damn sexy because it's all like form fitting. It's supposed to be like kind of a frumpy, you know, uh, 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 you know, billowy blouse and those uh, and mom jeans and stuff. But for some reason, it's very tight on her. It's very form fitting. And then she's in these scenes where is she having an intelligent conversation, you know, with her mother, with her, uh, you know, uh, friends about, you know, uh, something I'm just calling it. They're discussing Chaucer. They're discussing, you know, astrophysics. They're talking about anything. No, this movie does not meet in a scene scenes uh, several that should have passed the Bechtel test it doesn't and that's not a big thing to harp on uh, for me specifically but I notice it in every Michael Bay movie and this one in scenes that obviously could have been uh, against the norm no it followed that's it, it's like everything's on a rail you know yep. it's not going to deviate from those specific tropes and that's one that's just one of the things that, that, that gets me also you have Cade Yeager he's earned his stripes throughout the last movie uh, which was garbage uh, and, you know, they tried to make him seem like something of a prestigious character. You know, he's the one that's taking over for uh, the Whitwickies. Yep. Mm. And the second he leaves American soil, he's immediately being disrespected by every um, by every English person who hears his, his, his American accent. And I'm just like, this is a dude you've already built up. He's already earned his keep, you know? You know, he's paid his dues, yet you've reduced this dude for uh, uh, to comic relief in most scenes just to get those same tired uh, 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 comic beats, mm. you know, that weren't that funny to begin with. Shia I'm saying he, yeah. in, in the lore, he should have been prestigious enough, yeah. well-known enough to get respect globally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the very least, even like uh, coming up against cats he knows, Josh Duhamel, um, uh, Duhamel, uh, damn it. I don't, I'm not sure the exact proper way to uh, pronounce that. I, I think it's Duhamel. But the same guy from the first movie, from the first couple of movies, the military guy, you know, who we did, we, we kind of liked actually, you know, he's he a, started he's off as the villain. Then he turned into like a goofy. No, no, he wasn't a villain. He was, uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. No, um, no, we'll get to him. That's, um, okay. oh, I want to say Barton Fink. I know the man's name. He was the Jesus in, um, Oh, Herb, help me out. Ah, the Big Lebowski. Thank you. Yes, he was the Jesus. I, I know he's talking about him. That's John Turturro. <laughs> I love okay. that guy. Yeah, we're not talking about him. No one not yet. with the Jesus. 
he's back too. <laughs> uh, no, Josh Duhamel. He's the uh, he's the soldier that once the military got involved in the first movie, he's the one that uh, inspired Shia and. Um, and uh, Megan Fox's characters to say, no, look, don't be scared. Don't be flailing about and like useless humans. You're involved here. You're an important part of the story. So, you know, you're soldiers now. You know, you're uh, here to do important things. So we need you to actually get in the head in the game, you know? Yep. He's the one that inspired them. He was like their military, you know, friend. He was their, uh, he was their, um, I don't know, their, 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 their uh, in with the, uh, with the uh, American forces. And he's back, and he's back in a position of power. And this one kind of brought me down because he's pretty much just a mouthpiece for every like bad idea the government has. And that's the thing. Another Michael Bay trope. The military means well, but is immediately stupid. And you even get the, the one guy in the military that everyone's kind of downplaying that has the proper information. You know, the guy who, uh, oh, uh, okay, look, I found this uh, situation with the Transformers and it's dire, but here's what we can do. Oh, please. Some guy in a suit's like, oh, whatever, nerd, whatever, egghead. We're not going to listen to you. You know, what kind of information you have? Everything constantly comes up again and again. Yep. And I'm like, dude, you had an awesome story and you kind of whittled it down to these, to this template that you make all your movies from. He, re- he relies too heavily on chaos yeah. in order to drive the story, in order to insert all of these crazy mm. different sort of uh, scenes. Like he wants to get like, I don't know, like a car driving off of a building mm. through another building <laughs> yeah. or whatever with explosions That's a different in the background. guy. That's, that's Jeremy that, Lin you're talking about. He, he comes up and with I like a, that movie, man. Forget you. Uh, well, he, he comes up with a uh, uh, crazy enough uh, sort of story to keep the chaos in yeah. flux so that way there is no sound plan and because there is no sound plan because that's what's needed in order for to set up all the scenes that he wants yeah, it, there's, there's going to be characters in there that are going to behave stupidly because they can't <laughs> behave logically because none of what he just strung together logically makes sense yeah, dude, yeah he's, he's aiming for the lowest common denominator dude and it's just yeah. like well, here, here's the that problem. It's, cool. it's like obvious now. Like I see, I know the audience he's going for, and I, I, I get it. You know, that's 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 pretty much your bread and butter now. But that's because it's targeted. You know, that's because you had what actually could have been a really creative, kind of intelligent story here. And I've I've harped a lot on the negative. Let me explain why I did like the plot of this, and it was just the actual creation of it that brought me down. Because you have they brought back Megatron. Woo! And Megatron. Uh, like, no I Galvatron. My- <laughs> no, right. no Galvatron. He was gone. Megatron was gone. Megatron is back now, and he wants his oh, Decepticons. It's it's ridiculous. All right, but he wants his Decepticons. All right, cool. They introduce. He's calling out the crew. He's making a deal with the American military, and they're <sighs> going to find the remaining Autobots with Megatron and the Decepticons' help because there's an ultimate weapon that we find out later they didn't know about, but actually existed. They eventually know about. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's like an ultimate weapon every other movie, dude. Yeah, no. and then that um, that involves one showing Megatron's crew. He's calling out different Decepticons. We're like, okay, each of these is going to do a thing later on. That's why we're getting names now. We're getting personalities now. And the personalities are this badass crazy guy who turns into a bike. And there's <laughs> and there's the racial stereotype who got his. He's got his. He's a robot. Why is he wearing a big rope chain, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I finally out of here. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, yeah. And it wasn't as racist as it has been in the past movies, but it was there. Like, dude, yeah. you don't have to do this. You know, yeah. you you should have learned by now. It's been five movies, okay? He's got a couple of <laughs> those in there. There's the crazy okay. guy who's got... 
Well, well, we had, we're introduced to these guys like um, uh, Suicide Squad, uh, Suicide Squad style. You know, they show the character, they show them doing something real quick, they give the name on screen, freeze frame. I'm like, okay, I get it. We're introduced to each of these guys. They're gonna do a thing later. It's gonna matter. No, half of them are dead within five minutes. We don't see them do a damn thing later on. It's just a lot of. You know, random uh, uh, figures on there, and that's the final problem I'll, I'll throw out. Because I realize I'm, I'm trying to run long on the negatives without giving you know a proper review. Because the proper review is this had a lot of promise and didn't deliver because the director has a specific template he follows in the action scenes. Like I mentioned, this should have been badass. I can I couldn't follow any of the actual action on screen because it always it's, it's all it's always dumbed down into just metal parts flying everywhere. Dude, this is robots fighting robots with swords and dinosaurs breathing fire and stuff. Should have been awesome. They turned the cars. They turned the planes. I want to see crashes. I want to see some robot, I don't know, boxing whatever, you know, some cool stuff. Instead, if it's not just a jumble of metal turning around and like, you know, flinging each other here and there, someone's backing off and it becomes this random gunfight. Okay, they really get some cool gunfight action. Nah, man. I get a laser. Boom! It's half sides of the screen firing off here, and I, I I don't even see it hit the target. I just see some metal flying into a building, some metal mm-hmm. flying into other metal. Some none of it, none of the none of it has like, the detail that would show me this is a cool story. They introduce Merlin and the, Ar- King Arthur and the uh, and the twelve knights of the Round Table. Yo, it's gonna go there. Cool. Let's see how this plays out. Well, we see a dragon fly over a battlefield, shoot some fire. That's it. You talk some mess about Merlin, and that part, we never see it again. Okay, well, the trailer... You know, uh, sold me on this is going to be like uh, like Fury, like um, like a uh, Fast Eight, well the the eighth Fast and Furious movie. You know, it's like the hero we've come to know turns on his team. You know why? What made him go bad? Is it going to be deep? Is it going to be have like some hidden message? And how are they going to battle their former friend and leader? It's like okay, Optimus is gone. Some stuff. Okay, he's the main baddie of this. Let's see what that whole storyline, which they sold the movie on, mind you. Yeah. Last. Seven to ten minutes, max. Uh, wow, max. Wow. Chipped. And not only, not only, not only that, but you, 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 yo. I forgot Optimus was in this for most of the movie, man. <laughs> it starts off. You see him, and what turns him like? Oh, okay, that's gonna be where the movie goes. No, dude, he disappears for like forty-five minutes, and then pops up, and the whole thing is resolved in like ten. And not resolved in any way that really reflects on the story. It's just to get us from point A to point Z without giving us content that makes sense in between. Did did they have the uh, samurai car? They that, did. They the, had they had the they, German vehicle <laughs> as a samurai car. <laughs> yeah. Now they didn't focus too much. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, I didn't that. Well, uh, the, the Optimus's um I don't know like militia that he had in uh, Transformers Four. Uh, they're back. John Goodman voicing John Goodman, the, the yeah. big heavy gunner with a robot beard for some reason. Um, the uh, the Irish guy, the samurai, like these dudes, they're back. You'd think they'd form this badass team. They were there to crack some jokes, make fun of the humans. You know, the only trope that wasn't in this one was no one got peed on. Which was surprising. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Besides that, I mean, if it, if it happened, I missed it. Maybe I went to maybe I, maybe I went to, to the bathroom or something and went to pee myself. But 
I would say that this could have been conceptually the coolest thing ever. And the only thing that brought it down was Michael Bay throwing in all his random Michael Bayisms because the concept of robots that, you know, they scan random things and become that technology. They fight each other with swords, with blasters, with fists, and they have attitudes. They have motivations. They have personalities. Could have been real cool. There's dinosaurs in there. There's robot dinosaurs in there. They uh-huh. fight. They have personalities. They live with humans, and the whole thing is like a Denver the last dinosaur experience, you know? They've got names. They've got identities. They've got backstories. Everything's like, it should be really touching. They introduced a new kid with the new Transformers, and Transformers are, run, are running wild, so I should have seen all different types all over the sucker doing cool stuff. And you see a couple of them do cool things, and then something will take you out of the scene. You know, it's kind of messed up. It kind of brings me down. One, well, one actual female in this whole story. You know, there's the, uh, the Oxford the, Professor. Yeah, that's it? That's it. I mean, she had her family, wow. her mother, her aunts, there and you see them for about four minutes and then they're gone and she's the only one left an entire room full of military people no women you know um the dude that played buster on uh on arrested development in what should have been a prestigious role and instead kind of like they made him a serious guy who was there to further the plot and then have no real effect you know he's the guy who gives good information and then bad ideas two hours later in the movie <laughs> it's, a, it's a two hour and 45 minute two hour and four, two hour and 45 minute movie it's yeah. long and little payoff ah it, it brings me down because i was hoping for such good things this could have been the story that turned it around once i started watching the movie because the trailers told me no it's probably gonna suck but then i saw that's not the story so i realized no this actually has promise let's see how it plays out and then it played out poorly <laughs> it <laughs> let, been let it the be one uh, the for me and it wasn't let it be proof that uh no matter how great your ideas are mm. execution is what matters and well, uh, michael bay was the executor and and should just be executed. Yep. No, no, I, I, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. That was, that was a bad joke. I apologize. Um, it's Transformers The Last Night. I was hoping it'd be very different. I feel kind of bad that I went on and on about what was bad about this movie, but there was so little that was good about it. That's really all there was to say, unfortunately. We do learn, though, quick uh, end note, what happened to Sam Woodwicky. He's dead. Dead? Yeah, just freaking dead. That's all. Good. All the Woodwickies are dead. Sam Whitby dead. Make it universe. Oh, stop. <laughs> we talked about um the Transformers song. Mark Wahlberg in this. I'm surprised that they resisted the urge to have a Dirk Diggler illusion to him singing the uh, song from Transformers. You got the touch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Transformers last night. I gotta say pass, man. I can't give this one a thumbs up. It's gotta be a thumbs down. If you have anything to say about us, hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com or check us out on the social media and let us know your thoughts at geek-down.com or find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, find us on YouTube, uh, on twitch.tv. If you're listening now, hit us up in the chat. But beyond that, dude, it is what it is.